0: Welcome to Legal Trailblazers, where we talk about black lawyers and their role in the ushering in of the constitutional democracy that South Africa enjoys today. I'm your host, where I am honored today to interview Umamuno and Umamuno Sizwe, the daughters of the late advocate Duma Nogwe thank you ladies for making time to conduct this interview with us let's start off with your with your the background your your dad's background I understand he was born in everton that's correct
1: but he is a pondo very interesting question because obo pondo we only learned about it when we were in exile when boda and Uncle, the late jb marks jb marks used to call us and daddy didn't elaborate you know what that meant because he was such a nationalist and to be you know sort of grouped in a in a tribal way that was not him so he never brought us up to think that we one or anything we just spoke is closer and that's it and uh Yes, he was born in Everton, grew up in Everton. Uh, his parents, both parents, came from Everton. Odatumkulu and Umakulu. That's how they met in Everton. Nothing more. So that's why everybody says, "Kanene, Nina ni velapi." Yes, and uh, we're like, "Hmm, Joburg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so because it is only now, when with a little bit, uh, our other sister Ozana. Mvulazana, when she worked in Mtata um, at as a physiotherapist that she met and Tenga then sort of gave us the history of where we are coming from but in essence I think that we're told we're coming from Wanongo. How is that possible? Because if you remember the Shaka Zulu upheavals happened and a lot of uh, the, you know, those indigenous people moved away. We don't even know. My sister went there, Uzana, because um, one of the legal fraternity family friends passed away. So, you know, because he's also a Naukwe. And the thing that we liked about all this is that in terms of our, you know, um, background, you so we link up with anybody who is a Tuanini, Mia, Mjas, Mew. So, Uthlinga was lecturing to us about all these, you know, where our origins yes. are from. Yes. The Bondoland uh, uh, Heritage,
0: is it organization or council, uh, awarded your father or they honored your father. You, you uh, received
1: that award. Uh, how did that come about? Very interesting, too, because um, I was approached by uh, Her Royal Highness Ustela Stau. And when she said to us, look, we have an award for your father. Your father is going to receive posthumously this award as um, a brave person who has fought um, human rights and and all those. So uh, one of the family members should receive it. So fortunately, I so happened I was then the High Commissioner of South Africa in Mauritius, so I was able to go down there and receive the award. but I also didn't know that it would be also for myself. It's uh, also an award that I got as one of the you know the princesses there that gave me the award. so we were truly honored because you know it's rare occasions that somehow. Um, Our father is being recalled in post-independent South Africa. And that award for us was very valuable. And we appreciated the Royal Highness as well as the Pondo, um, what's the name, um, Royal Family. So we are, you know, looking forward to all that because I think the Pondo uh, Festival is coming up again in September. It was hit also by the COVID, so they couldn't, um, you know, do anything. But I think they did it online. I also appeared online because also their other focus is uh, gender-based violence. Yes, which yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. And Very so you important. Issues, yeah. Yeah. Is, is this festival held every year in September? Yes, or, that's or, correct. That's yeah. correct. And so you also got to know more about your cultural and roots, roots. That's a fact because I was so taken aback that... I don't know if you've been to, you know, the Kosa, you know, um, areas where, even where Okun, where Tata Mandela is buried, beautiful landscape, and, and I can feel, you know, equally feel and understand why Tata wanted to be buried there, because it's hills, and I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just awesome, you know, so... I was honoured to go there and, you know, uh, uh, pay that uh, respect as well as, you know, attend and see how the cultural norms are. So it's, it's it's yeah, enlightening. And I think we as a family, um, at one time we used to gather together and, you know, trace all those mirrors because also we are aligned to Utu uh, the musician, and her family were very close and we are still close, to, uh, you know. So we... I try to trace our roots. You know, as you say, if you don't know where you're coming from, you don't know where to go. True, true. And
0: Sysno uh, were have you ever been there, that side of the Eastern Cape yourself? I haven't. What did you find there? I haven't been to uh, Ponderland
2: as such, but I've been to, let's say, the main uh, cities like Komekha, East London. But I haven't been. My sisters uh, are the ones who are actually doing the, um, how do I call it, the official... Visits when when they're invited by either the royal highnesses or um, when there's a an occasion uh, of 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 the of the meers. My my sister Mvulazana, she always goes. I haven't been there. Since. Are you
0: the last born in the family? I, I well,
2: I the am girls. the last of the girls. And then after me there's a there's there's a there's a boy. My 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 baby brother.
0: Yeah. Your your mom. Where is he from? Not much is known about your ma'am. What what, what was uh, her name, her full name,
1: and her maiden's name? Thank you for asking that. In fact, uh, that's also a a family sort of squabble because um, our nephew, Uzolile, when we talk about Utata, he says, look, I don't know that dude, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I know (laughs) uh, Kuluam Uvuiswa, Malangabi. She hails from Cape Town you know so that's why we don't know much about the hinterland um, of our country because our parents were more urbanized so umama yena is from cape town and um, and that's why i think uh uzolile it was well, very much close to Umama because he stayed and lived with Umama. Mama was a fascinating woman. Mm-hmm. And um, as uh, I'm sure Nusisa will um, highlight also, is that she was so studious that she went to Hilltown, she went to the University of Fort Hare, she did botanical zoology and all those fancy things that you can think of. And that's how she met Udata in in Fort in, in Fortair and actually mama is the one who introduced data into the African National Congress oh how was that mm-hmm. that's it yes little is known and that's the thing about um, any struggle that has women behind it you always hear the male voices but you don't hear the women behind it and those are the things that need to be highlighted so that probably Going back to the roots of uh, this gender-based violence, it has its roots in also in this um, patriarchal uh, state of what we're having. And indeed, you know, we need to recognize that and ensure that our boy children need to respect their mothers, their aunties, their, you know, any female, you know. So that, because I don't know why... This thing, the scourge is going up and up, but that's not the subject of today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, your, mom, your mom was a teacher.
1: Mm-hmm. Where did she work? That's an interesting thing, because I think, as uh, you say, mom, yes, left the college. She did a teacher's college. Like, mom, they did their BSc and everything else. They finished, and they were teaching. And then, of course, they were very much involved politically. Actually, the two of them were like, you know, twins. They were comrades. So when, um, you know, one of the um, occasions, Dada and herself went out, I think, on a campaign, and they were caught. So abruptly, the, you know, the, the regime then, you know, cut them out. So they could not teach anymore. So Umama then became a social worker, I remember, because she used to drive around, you know, going to the crutches and all these places that of, you know, um, under five learning. So in a way, her, what do you call it, her whole um, background was that. But then when we went into exile in 1965, living in Zambia, she went back into teaching. So she taught at um, what we call the Philip Re, uh, uh, Rennie, that was the you know, the boys' school in Zambia, then just uh, post-independence of E. Zambia, 1964. So she then taught at this multiracial school. But I think she didn't feel quite there because, you know, this is a privileged school. So she went to um, a, a school which was Phillips, I don't know, those days they gave them... Um, Prince Philip. Prince Philip, yes. Oh, after Prince Philip. Yeah, but then it, it changed to Kamwala uh, High School. Uh, and there too, it was also a mixed Indian school with the Africans because it was post-independent. But I think she wasn't feeling, you know, comfortable. So in the end, she went to the underprivileged school called Madero Girls. And that's where she taught and finished... And I think that was her hallmark as well, because a lot of the students who went to um, uh, Matero Girls still remember that, you know, when we bump into them. They say, oh, yeah, Manokwe's daughters. So they'd be so excited because she was a science teacher. You know, she did um, physical science, she did biology, all those sciences that are not easy to do. But she encouraged the young girls, and today they always say, I am what I am today because of your mother.
0: Oh, that's good. Did she hold any positions within the ANC before it was banned? Do you know?
1: Mom was that type of a person who was very private, but she did a lot. I know she worked um, in the offices of Otato Nelson Mandela um you know in in downtown as a secretary, so she was also very good with typing, but also very good um intellectually, even part of the freedom uh, charter they wrote that all together so she she's very much astute but very much reserved yes. and and she did she didn't want to hold any position no, she never held any of the positions well she peers
0: with the likes of uh Obama. Helen Josephs, yes, sure.
1: yep. yeah. we know them all. Mamangoi, you know, yes. Uh, Auntie uh, uh, Albertina Sisulu, very close, very close. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's 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 a historical thing that, unfortunately, and I think it's incumbent on us as a family to bring you know her strength, her her, her guiding principles and true, values.
0: True, true. When did they come to live uh, in Johannesburg? Hmm. Your, your parents.
1: Good question. Uh, My father and mother, I think, Umama came back 1954... No, because I was born 1953, right? So she came back 1953 to live here and we lived with Umakul, our grandmother, in in Westcliff. you know, 7044. Westcliff is Orlando West. Yeah, Orlando West, yeah, that's correct. So she lived then... No, actually... That's not our first house. Our first house was, huh, it's um, in Pumulong, apparently. Also, Orlando West, yes. Orlando West. Yes. So, cause I'm, I was always, if you know, the, 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 the Susulus, they always teased because I was called Bampoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, <laughs> I think I must have been a roly-poly or I don't know what, but I hated the name. Yes. And up I'll tell you the story because when Namibia got independent in 1990, eh, no? 1990, 1990, yes um I, I was then living in, in in Ghana, and then I was asked by the delegation yes, in Ghana to be part of it, but I think they knew background that they will meet Utatu Nelson Mandela yes, and when Utaunzo and because we all know them all, you know so he says he calls me and he says, and he tells Utatun Mandela, do you know whose child is this? Utatu Mandela just looked at me and just said. Bam-poon. 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 <laughs> so that's when I embraced that name and I loved it from that time because I'm like 27 years this gentleman remembers yeah you know and I mean I must have been small because we left South Africa when I was 10 yes so as me from then on I just loved my name
0: and then in Dubai when did your family move to Dubai Which is my home my hometown I I I was born just a, a block away from the house oh, wow. that you used to live in. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Because if my chronology, that now you've given me the homework, if you do help me, because I remember Oputsindiso, Oput, we call them Butabo, uh, the former president, tabombeki you were part of, you know, those who helped us to, you know, Transfer from Westcliff to uh, Dube, to move to Dubai, so it should have been you know early 60s before m- even before 63 because Utata left 1963 to go into exile.
0: So, so yeah. So when Tabombegi came to, mm. to live in Soweto, in fact, mm. when he came to live in Johannesburg mm. uh, after his father uh, Kovin Megi had requested your father, Mr. Mm. Dumanoke, to, mm. to take him under his wing. Mm-hmm. He came to live in Johannesburg. That's correct. He came to live uh, uh, at your house. At the grandfather,
1: grandmother's house. Your it, grandmother's house. A, where, in 7044
0: Westcliff In Orlando West. Yeah. 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 Did, did he live in Dubet, Tabumbegi?
1: He did, because mm-hmm. um, I think by that time he was getting ready to escape the country. Um, and, you know, most of the people left clandestinely. We just see them there You know during the day and night time they were gone so i think once we moved into dubai then i never saw Oputabo again
0: how old were you you at the time when he when you came over to live with with your family
1: I think I must
0: have been sort of nine-ish. So no, she was not yet born, is
1: it? No, she was never not even thought. I, I
2: wasn't even <laughs> an idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, what, so you only met Tabumbeki when in, in exile, in yes, Zambia? yeah, I met him in Zambia. Mm, when they're still young. What positions did your father hold in the ANC? Um, he he was a secretary general. The youngest secretary general at the age of 33. So Babu Alfred Nzo right. After that, after. After that's he. correct. Yes,
1: after that, uh, nineteen sixty nine um, Morogoro conference. Yes, the nineteen sixty
0: eight Moro. Yes, in Tanzania. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you were already in in, in Yeah. When did you
1: leave South Africa? The, the family. Okay. He 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 left first. Tata yeah, left, left in nineteen sixty three when more um, um, the the Rivonia trialists. Yes. Were caught right, and it was interesting that. The ANC then said, Look, we can't all be in jail. So part of you should leave. So it was that with that, uh, JB Marks, um, um Kodani, M- Moses M- Kotani, Moses yes.
0: Kotani, that whole group. JB Marks, Moses Mokotani were communists. Was that yes. communist? Yes, yes, he, he was. was. Yeah, did he
1: hide it? No. I don't think so. so. he never hit yes. it no, yes. communist. no he was he,
0: he he participated openly.
1: I think Dada changed um, he went to you know travel with with Sisul and this delegation to Soviet um, Union, Soviet Union, um China and all those places. and when he saw that you know russia or Soviet Union then um you know that communism. You know, every th- the wealth is shared. You know, amongst all the people. So I thought this is an ideal um, sort of uh, uh, um, establishment because we can do the same for South Africa. So I think that's how he was sold yes. into communism. Yes. Though that I mean that he was um, with the Communist Party. No, but I think he attended most of the meetings. Did he undergo any military training there? Hmm. That's his- a good question. He did. We did yeah.
2: where when MK when the MK um, MK was formed? Yes, he was um,
0: part of that. Mm. Mandela was the first commander. Yeah, of the of the That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Then he where, where did he work as a teacher? And I understand he quit teaching because of the misgivings that he had with the bantu education mm-hmm. as it was being introduced then at the time yeah. can you tell
1: us about that yeah good question i know he taught uh, in Ronfontein um because there is also a street named after him there in runfendantain and also at st peter's because st peter's was also part of you know a lot of the young stars like Ooh tato matthews and you know the the youngsters went to school there because Utatu O'R was a teacher there. So, when did he exactly leave? It was, I think, forced upon him because I think Utatu Sisulu, who was very instrumental, realized that, look, we need more than just teachers for our revolution. So he persuaded, you know, because uh, Dada then changed and went to do law adverts. So he then, because he didn't have the money, because both his parents were, you know, Umama, Utatum, Utatumkulu was a cobbler, Umakulu was working in the hotels cleaning. So Utatu Susulu was very instrumental in that he went to his Indian friends who were living in Fortsburg and said, you know, donation here for my youngsters who need to go and study law. So that's how he got into getting towards to do law. So I think then he had to give up, you know, uh, it the teaching post because he needed to study and do law. He also, sorry, he also taught at Krugersdorp. Um,
2: he taught at, at a school in Krugersdorp and he was part of what is called the Congress School, at which was in Fordsburg. So at some point, um, it was decided to form a school in Fordsburg and he was one of the teachers. He was teaching mathematics. And what's interesting is that not long long ago just before the covid um the fordsburg school uh, sorry the congress school celebrated um like its x anniversary and um we were invited to that and it was quite amazing to find a lot of the people that he had taught Dumanoko had taught at that school already obviously now they're senior citizens yes but they remembered him and yeah. they said he taught them mathematics. And in fact, one of the gentlemen was there had a cutting from the newspaper, which he kept in his wallet for all these these years. years, And that cutting was saying that Dumanokwe had graduated and had got his LLB. And he said this for him was such an inspiration that he decided to also go and try and study law and eventually went and studied law in England. So it was a very telling moment. So he taught... And that, that was, by the way, voluntary. They weren't mm. earning any money. But they wanted to teach because also the, um, the Indian children were being discriminated against. And they were not getting the proper education. Yes. So him and a couple of other um, uh, people who were members of the ANC and the Congress movement, mm. they were teaching mathematics and sciences at the Congress School.
0: At, at, at the, the school in, uh, in Tanzania, that was later formed mm. by the ANC. Uh, the Solomon Masango School Freedom college. college. Mm-hmm. How instrumental was he in the formation of
1: the school? He, he had already the, passed, he had by passed by then. Uh, by then, and but yes. Mama, our mother, was very instrumental because yes. umama Mama was belonging to the committee of the education. You know? Department of Education? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Within education. the NC, ANC yes. mm-hmm. You see, we became a government outside the you know South Africa. Because Umama was very instrumental with Abu uh Maseko and Tatunjobe. Um, Tatun Jobe Tatun and Mamun Jobe. You know, all those educationists, you know. So uh, Umama was very instrumental in that, you know. So Be- besides being a, a teacher, later on a uh, an
0: advocate, a lawyer, Mr. Nogue was also a prolific writer. He used yes. to write a lot to record. The struggle, yes. the, the life of the
1: of the African people in in, in Africa and in South Africa in particular, true. yes, true. And I mean, lot He was a prolific writer as well as a reader. Um, if you go back, uh, I, I I think also read from one of the you know telling their stories. That was to um, Joe Matthews, then um, sort of was schooling with him at uh, this. Um, Thing, school in 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 fortsburg the st peter's right so he said he said Dada used to uh, hide you know don't go for classes and you'll go under the blankets yes. and read but do you know what he was reading Karl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so he said afterwards when they were because they were both at a forte he says but you, know, you used to hide and read these heavy duty books what did you understand? And, I mean, he must have been, like, 14 or something like that. But yes. it's, it's remarkable. And I think this is where we should take um, a leaf from these leaders because they just don't, didn't become just leaders overnight. Yes. They built in themselves, you know, and, and, and nurtured themselves and, you know, used to read a lot. You know, reading is very important. Yes. And, of course, as a, as a leader in the ANC...
0: Before it's it's, uh, it's burning, I I imagine he he was arrested or banned mm-hmm.
1: because of his political activities. Mm. Yes, that's so true. I mean, um, I mean now we're living in Orlando West, and um, what's his name? Dadah was in and out of uh, prison, as you know, and or oh. beaten up to pulp. Uh, on one occasion I remember uh, and then also um, he didn't live at home he had to go underground and that's how oh, Nosiso got her name as Nosizwe, mother of the nation because she was born during the peak time when um, Bo Datu, um, Mandela and all the ANC members were now um, you know, sort of fighting for our liberation so yeah he, he was very much uh, in and out of prison and that's why in the end he could not practice you know as his profession and you know they, they, they targeted him quite frequently you know and
0: of course after qualifying as an advocate the first African person to be admitted as an advocate In the province of Transvaal, in the then South Africa. Then he had challenges. Mm -hmm. He couldn't, as you are saying, he couldn't practice. But when he started to practice, he encountered opposition Mm. from
1: some members, white members of the legal profession. Right. Yeah, and, you, you know, if if you remember, remember that um, the Group Areas Act um, prohibited Africans to um, practice, you know, in a white area, and of course, as an advocate, there is a ruling that you need to be not too far from the High Court, and if you know, the, on Pritchard Street, where the High Court is, is Her Majesty's uh, Chambers, where you know, you should have had his office. They refused him that office. They tried even, because if you remember how he went to study law, is that, um, like I said, Otatu Sisulu was very instrumental. And when Tada went to Wurz, he met um, a a professor, Harlow, and who looked at him and he said... You are wasting your time. No black man has ever passed an LLB.
2: This is what he said.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: No Kwe. The LLB is not for people of your you.
1: Wow. That's what he said. Wow. Yeah. So I think this must have been a hacker for daddy. Yes. Because he then had to study and passed with a cum laude so that that Harlow, Professor Halo, Professor could not yes. fail him you know, but now a barrier was now where to practice but now the interesting thing is that who came to his rescue was his colleague Just George Bezos, Bezos yes. and he said look, let's share this room and they shared a room at his majesty's um, chambers, but he could not attend or, or go for tea you know, and I liked what that Sisulu said, he said we cannot be arguing over a cup of tea yes. you know, because so so was the bigger issue here? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's how he was able to befriend George Bezos. We're very close to Uncle George Bezos. And also they partnered. In fact, Uncle George Bezos is almost always or was always in tears when he saw us, because Dada never saw the liberation of South Africa. Two is that he said he taught him human rights. Yes. Know. So yeah he has he has a legacy
0: so as an advocate he he used to get a lot of cases from uh, the law firm of uh, mandela and tambo Mm -hmm. because at the time when he started working it was still operating right but mr mandela and mr tambo were very much involved Mm. in anc activities Mm. So much that at the expense of their own legal practice. Mm. So I would imagine, uh, Mr. Nogwe, handled a lot
1: of their of their cases. Yeah, and if you recall, is that if you are an advocate, you have a direct access to the judge, but they were attorneys and they couldn't have that. If you look at the treason trial of nineteen, is it fifty one? where the 156 were jailed, remember Abu Helen Joseph. He
0: wasn't accused there.
1: He wasn't was was accused yes, yeah. yes. He was later acquitted amongst other people. They yes. were acquitted. Yes, but very late. Yes. But then I think the strategy there, the, you know, the ANC was a marvellous organisation because they had to strategize because they had lawyers, but their lawyers are coming from far away and I don't know what happened. Then they said, look, To, uh, you know, really nearly this case, let's, you know, abandon these lawyers and you, Duma, you be our advocate. So he was an accused as well as an advocate. He was the only one who was able to talk. So together, Nabo, Helen Joseph, um, some other, you know, uh, you know, committee, they Constituted to come up with a case and how they're going to question you know each one of them, you know, so yeah, it was an interesting thing. I kind of recall in a way and back in my memory because yeah, it was destabilizing, but the beauty about um family, you know is that we were growing up with our grandparents, and Mama was also working full time because she had to be the breadwinner, and um is that you know. You didn't feel that you you were not, um, you know, you were neglected, you know, like what we're seeing now in this day. Because all these extended parents came into being. If you're not uh, with the, the Susulus or you were the Mandelas, you know, these aunties were, you know, jumping in and you didn't feel neglected. So I think... In a way, we were rounded in that we had this big ANC family, you know, so which protected us, you know, and especially, you know, those days the regime was very brutal to our parents. So we didn't experience that brutality in such, but indirectly, I guess, yeah. When he left for exile, he left uh,
0: his family behind, and then when did you follow him to
1: exile? And how old were you then? Okay, Daddy left 1963. And if I recall, um, he was under house arrest. And, um, you know, now everything was brewing because I think then uh, U, Nelson Mandela had become the the black pimpernickel and had gone to Algeria and everything. Because I think by then they had decided that we get getting to arm um, struggle now. It's, you know, this, you know, uh, peaceful demonstration is not mm, helping it's us. It's not anymore. working, yes. Yeah. So uh, Tara was under house arrest at home. And I recall that we had a neighbor, the, the Nguenyas, uh, who were our neighbors, immediate neighbors, because my Uzana uh, and Upaiki, we're going to the school. They were principals at the school. So they used to take them. So Dada would sit in his yard and Utatungwenya will sit in his yard. And Utata will be having his beer and Utatungwenya will have his tea. Then, of course, you know, the special branch will just jump in. And I said, You are not supposed to have visitors. She says, What visitors? I don't have a visitor. So they said, But you have a. She says, Look, I'm in my yard, he's in his yard. So where, where's the visitor here? So in that way he was able to maneuver and and, 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 and also to um, defend himself, you know. So yes, it became very critical when Bo Tatu Sisulu, Bo Uncle Katrada and all the other uh, Mbeki Tatu Mbeki govern were caught at that um, Rivonia. Um, um, a farm yes and then that's why it's called a Rivonia trial Uh, and Utatu Mandela had been caught when he came back 1962 so he was already in prison so these ones were caught in 1963 so uh, like I said the leadership of the ANC said look um, you know we can't all be in so you guys escape so they escaped into Botswana and they left Umama but you know how the regime operates yeah. Once the other partner is left behind, just like this in the Susulu case, yeah. the mother is the next target. So mommy was targeted. She was put under house arrest. She could not, you know, now fend for her family. So for 1963, we had a tough time, you know, because here this breadwinner now, unable to fend for her family. It was six to six, you know, house arrest. Then I think mommy now realized, look, no manzo. Mrs. Nzo realized that, look, we can't keep this, you know. So they also escaped 1964 and went to Botswana. But they waited for us in Botswana. Oh, you joined him in Botswana. Yeah, we joined. And later on you went to Lusaka. That's
0: correct, yeah. So was Oliver Tambo already there in, in, in Lusaka when you came no, to live there? Because you came later?
1: If, if you recollect, um, the independence of Zambia was 1964, so most of the headquarters of the African National Congress was in Tanzania. So it was in Salaam. you know. So, yeah, the leadership was moving between Darasalam or the UK because they had to be rallying the international, um, you know... Uh, uh, um, Community to, yes. to drum up uh, yes. uh, in, in international solidarity. Exactly, yes. yeah. So Daddy, Daddy was in Tanzania then, yeah. But uh, he used to do a lot of travelling...
0: Mm-hmm. As you are saying, um, drumming up uh, international support right. for the ANC. Mm. In fact, uh, he was, some people say he was a super diplomat of the ANC because he's the one who used to represent the ANC in the United Nations.
1: That's correct. And also to try and get the regime out of the UN. There is a famous speech that he presented at the UN of how to get you know the, the 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 South African regime out of the UN, and I you know because we always had these discussions at home um, when he drummed that up, uh, then Foster was the foreign minister, then he gets up and says, "You guys, you're talking about Bantu education. You're talking about um, okay, you're talking about Bantu education. You are." You know, look at this gentleman who's perfect in English, you know, so, you know, just to damper him, you know. So, yeah.
0: But there was a trip when he went to, to the UN in New York. Right. Uh, representing the ANC, he was put under surveillance, even there in New York, by the apartheid government. Yes, that's correct. That's how dangerous they regarded him. Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. No. And eventually he was banned. By the United States government, is that so? He became a persona non grata. Wow! He how did that happen? They After
0: the <coughs> the apartheid government had complained, I suppose he was
2: put on the terrorist list and he was banned as a persona non grata. So he couldn't get into, he couldn't go US. back to the U. S. to the United States.
0: That was never lifted at, at the time of his death. Ooh. That no. hadn't, been it hadn't been lifted. No, it hadn't been lifted.
2: Oh, this, which is why we were so surprised when the first time I applied for an American visa, I thought I wouldn't get it. Because of that issue, and they do ask in that form. Yes. Have any of your family members been, you know, banned yes, from the in I, that form? Yeah. yeah. And then I said yes. But what 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 year was that? When you was banned, uh, or when, when I went? When when you went or when to I, the when I when I first applied, it was nineteen. Sorry, it was yeah nineteen ninety eight or two thousand somewhere there. First mm. time I applied,
0: I didn't think I'd get the visa. Yes. But I did. Mm-hmm. So he was a, Your father was a mentor to the likes of Tabumbe and others. Yes. Who else? Who else reported uh, under under him? Max as a secretary general. Oh, under him,
1: Gosh, yeah. Ooh, there were so many. Los he many. was yeah. the secretary general. Cindy yeah. Somfenyane, yeah. you know. Yes. Um yeah, there's a whole um um Ubani yes, Ujele, um, Josiah um Gilles, Yeah, yes. Jo- Ma- Ma-Katini, you Johnny Macatini. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's why I think Johnny became our representative at the UN, you know, so okay, yeah. Uh, after your father. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah
1: you
0: know. In uh, he left his position. In 1968, after the Moragoro conference. conference, yes. Yeah,
1: is that 69 or 68? I think
0: it was 69. 69, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, was it due to uh, uh, illness
1: or what? No, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Chris Honey uh, and the young, because both Chris were very young. Um, came to Daddy because Daddy was a very approachable person, you know. So they said, "Hey, you're not leadership, you know. You guys, this struggle is not going anywhere, you know. It, well, it, like a 2 train. It, well, I don't think he said 2 choo train, but it sounded Slow. like a 2 choo train that's going very slowly nowhere. So we need to do something. So Daddy says, "Can you just go back?" Because he was that type of a person, you know. He didn't dismiss it, but he just said, "Look, go back." Think about it, present it to me. So they did. They said, okay, we need a conference where the leadership can be put to task, you know. So Tata then spoke to Utatu Tambo, then, he was our acting president. He said, look, um, I think they presented a paper to him to say, look, this is the thing, the problems and issues. Because we remember at that time, we also had uh, a lot of our Kada training in Angola. So, um, you know, the youth were now agitated that we're getting trained, going to Russia, going to Algeria, everywhere, and we're not moving. We're not getting into South Africa. And also, it was also post... Is it the Wanki? Yeah. Um, the forgot Wonky it campaign, yeah. The wonky campaign, yeah. Yeah, but the wonky where a lot of our people also died because they fought with the Zim, Zip, Zipra, you know. So... Um, Tata presented this, and, and then when they had the con- conference, they said, look, we can't stand here as leadership. We have to be down there and be power with everybody. So we're going to step down. So they stepped down. Even Tata or Artambo also stepped down. But then the people said, no, 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 no. Then this is going to be, you know, a fiasco. So please, Tata or Artambo, you go back and, you know, guide us and lead us. So it so happened that um, Dada then lost his post as a secretary general that year, you know. ah, He didn't feel, because he says, look, these posts are not made for us. You've got to deliver. So that's when he went and did the Radio Freedom and uh, came back to Lusaka. And actually we were happy because we had our daddy for more time than usual. So he opened up the Radio Freedom. But I guess Dada is such an intellect because I think they also realized, the ANC realized that, okay, you know, we need him. So then they made him the deputy secretary general. But we know he was doing more work as the secretary general of the ANC. Was the under uh, Mr. nzo Yes, that's correct, yeah. yeah. And then he became the director of
2: international affairs of the ANC. That's how he starts going to...
0: Um um, um to the, to the all the over today all, all, I mean, all over the world yes yeah. Yeah. Tabombegi later on took up the position yes yes. yes yes so tabumbeki uh, as i stated earlier he, he was he was trained or was mentored okay. yes. by by mr nogwe yeah. and he he died in 1978 that's correct at, at the time of his death where was he staying
1: lusaka um, the thing it was interesting is that in, it was 1978, right? January. Um, I was expecting my first child. Ooh. So, on um, January the eighth, Tata was um, was sort of like an MC or directing the program, you know. And Utatu Tambo was there, and I mean he was at his peak, you know, and he was so good, you know. And uh, little did we know that he was ill, you know. And um, that was January the 8th, and then he fell ill that night. And I think each one of us, I think each of the children had a moment with him. I, my sister, who is a physiotherapy, um, Volazana, massaged him that night. He said, yeah, he has got a back pain or something. And then he was vomiting in the evening, and I was looking at. And I just said to mom, look, we have to take him to the hospital. But, you know, he was so distracted. He said, no, 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 I have a toothache. I need to go to the dentist and dun, dun, dun. So, but fortunately, because I had worked at UTH, at the University Teaching Hospital in Lusaka, I then took him quickly and then got him admitted. And I went to look for one of my, you know, um, mentors, uh, doctors, and said, look, my dad is ill, very ill. And little did we know... Because he only said, Look, he wanted fish because he loved fish for lunch. And we went to the market, picked up fish. Then, when we got home, uh, Auntie Gabaza, one of the nurses, a South African nurses, was working at the UTH, came running. You know, I can imagine from the UTH where we were staying, it was quite kind a of distance. Said, Look, Tiny, leave everything you're doing, come back. That was now 11th, ne? 11th of January, i forgotten the date. 12th. 12th, yeah. I always think it's an 11th. 12th. Yeah. So he, Antim Kabaza and I'm saying, okay, I'm coming. They said, no, 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 not you. Then I knew that it wasn't good. So my, our cousin, Mbumi, went with Auntie Mkabaza, but I just went berserk. I just thought, look. This is it, you know. So he passed away. So
0: day. he was buried in, in, Lusaka. in Lusaka. Yeah.
1: Who attended
0: his funeral? Who wow. made speeches there? Ooh. Joshua Ngomo. We're, we're
1: talking about a big man I and mean, your yes. father. You see, when he passed away, and of course, Uncle O.R. was also, you know, he almost went crazy because they were working on this uh, Harara Manifesto. And he just said, apparently, no, not Duma, not Duma. And of course, um, traditionally we have to wait for his parents. He was a one and only child. Uh, they were coming from South Africa. How they were coming because all the avenues were closed to them. Immediately, the regime closed the, the you know the um, the airport, the what the buses, whatever. I don't know clandestine. I still have to ask. Oh, Auntie Nats, how she made it to Botswana? And then in Botswana they got a chartered flight. And that's how they got to Lusaka. But I think this was on the 22nd, I remember. Oh, 20, yeah? 20. Yeah. yeah, the funeral was on the 22nd of, the 22nd of, of January. Of January. Yes. By then, Mommy had had it. You know, she just said, look, let's bury him, you know. Because people you know, thronged the house and went in and out. It was raining cats and dogs. It was amazing. It wasn't even the raining season. It was raining. So, um, yeah, just you know the ceremony we O'R our gave the keynote address, and uh we'd close the coffin, people had viewed, and um, yeah, we were just about to take him to the cemetery in comes his parents, wow, mm. then you can imagine elderly open people. again, yeah, <laughs> where yes. to go back, open the coffin, and don't do it's it, yeah, very traumatic experience, but yeah, and, and Joshua Nkomo Kong came, oh, yeah. came
0: over from was was still in exile. Because yeah, it was before Zimbabwe it's, it attained exactly. its own he independence. Gave, yeah, Tabombeki can
2: actually um, quote the 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 speech that Joshua Nkomo gave. It was really a fabulous speech hmm. that he gave there because they worked together, and then there were comrades from uh, his comrades from Frilimo, MPLA, ZAPU. Yeah. All the liberation movements, SWAPO, mm. all the liberation movements, you know, were, you know, were very strongly represented. Well. How old
1: were you then? I was mm. sixteen. She was just writing her matric, mm. yeah, also yeah. called matric. Yeah. yeah, no, they call it matric. No, right? no, they also call it O levels O level, levels. Levels. Yeah. yes, yes.
0: Mm. And later on, when did that happen? Uh I'm sure that they are going to enlighten us. There, his remains were.
1: Yeah, his move remains... Moved to South Africa. Not yet, not yet. It hasn't happened, this has No. Are there plans afoot to do that? Yes, you know, um, as mom, you know, and I think grandmother and them came over and then they said, ah, you know what, where the soldier has fallen, let him be buried there. So that was the notion. Up until where I don't know how... She had must have been uh, having a premonition about umama My mama went to view the grave for the last time, and that changed the dynamics because she said, okay, that changed the dynamics." And she said, "Look, the we have to take Daddy back home." And we were on that program, two thousand yeah. We approached the ANC, and you know, then they said, "Look, we don't have the money." So, but we just worked on a program. We said, okay, we'll try and get that body, oh, the mortal remains back. But what happened? Oh, yeah, uh, then we were preparing for him, not knowing that, yeah, our mommy passed away. Oh, yes, yeah. So it threw a spanner into our old plans. We At the
0: time your mom wa- was 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 in South Africa? No, he, yes, come yes, back. Yes, 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 yes. That was which wishy- year?
1: Two thousand and eight. Yeah. 2008. October the twenty fourth, the day of the independence of Zambia. So funny.
0: Yeah, it was a nice coincidence, is <laughs> it, it? it?
1: it's amazing, <laughs> huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Please tell me about the Duma Foundation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The Duma Foundation, um I think we when all these things were happening posts um liberation or independence, we sat down and thought, look, we have to keep this legacy of our father going. Actually, it's supposed to be Duma and Vuiswa Nokwe Foundation, but somehow, uh, because the whole focus was on the legal matters. And uh, if, if, if you you know, if there is the Duma Nokwe Chambers in Sandton, which was started, ooh, when was it? Way back. Um, where these legal um, group uh, uh, fraternity realise that, look, they will have to kind of emulate what daddy went through. Because you know how it is in law. Um, you know, you have to, uh, you know, given your, your your what do they call those spe- special things that you have to do, the book, pupillage, pupillage, yes. Pupilage and uh, they thought look and it's expensive you know to run a chambers or something like that so they created this oh, Pat, oh, advocate patrick Mshaolane was leading that and they did ask permission from our mother you know mommy said fine but then we realized that look we we're missing something here so we need to have something that is firm as a foundation for them you know as a legacy so uh, then it started, you know, and we partnered also with UNISA so that you know we we can channel some of the you know young students or um, you know work with them in the moot courts and and you know anything that has to do with it. It's yeah, it's not been you know sort of smooth riding, but. Um, at the head of this um Dumanoka Foundation is our brother, our baby brother, Uvikela Rankin. Advocate Nokwe was a friend too and colleague of Advocate
0: Bezos. The latter had been born in Greece and came to South Africa as a refugee in 1941. He settled in the city of Johannesburg. As a lawyer, he represented Mr Nelson Mandela and his comrades in various political cases including the Rivonia trial which culminated in Mandela and other leaders of the liberation movement being sentenced to lengthy prison sentences. Mr. Bezos spent the rest of his life doggedly fighting for the rights of the oppressed people in South Africa and Africa.
2: How this the George Bezos story comes about it's quite interesting because um, him and George Bezos, they met at university at WITS he was studying there but he had he you know um, because of the group areas act um, he couldn't be seen in certain places after a certain time so George Bezos, uncle the late uncle George Bezos tells the story that he was sleeping in the library because he couldn't go home but he needed to read so this thing, that um, the the issue that my sister was talking about, about his love for reading, in a funny way, I mean, he could have slept anywhere else, but <laughs> he was sleeping... <laughs> of four places, yeah, just the library. Yeah, in yeah. the library. Yes. And then one day, uh, um, George Bezos comes into the library, and it's late, and he sees him there, and he's busy pulling out of his suitcase. He had a ba- uh, uh, his case, and he pulls out a sandwich, and he's having his, his dinner. So George Bezos says, what are you doing? He says, oh, no, 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 I'm I'm just having my dinner. He says, why don't you go somewhere else to have it? He said, because this is where I'm going to sleep. And he opens the bag, and in his bag, there's his books, a blanket to cover himself, and his sandwich, and so on. And that's when George Bezos says he realized that he didn't know that there was such a situation that, you know, existed. So the friendship starts there, and for many nights, he would come there and bring his fish and chips and they'll sit there the back behind and, you know, start having their discussions and so on.
0: As students before they became lawyers. As students before. Yes, yes. yes.
2: that is from yes. when they knew each other. Yes. And then when now uh, uh, George Bezos was now an advocate in his, at uh, His Majesty's Chambers, and then Dumanoke now becomes the first um, African advocate to be admitted into the Transvaal Bar, um, now there's nowhere for him to practice because of, again, Group Areas Act. So it was measles and him who con- conspired to say, listen, we, Mazel says he was the head a- of the adv- adv- advocate Mazel. Yes, advocate oh, Mazel. Yes. He was the head of the, of the, of the, of the, of the whatever, the group there. Of the, so he says, listen, in the meeting, I'm going to bring this issue up to say, what are we going to do about Dumanoko? He is an advocate and he's a colleague. What are we going to do about him? And he says, you must then volunteer. So they planned this whole thing. He says, I'm going to point at you so that you don't get into trouble and people don't say you're the one. So I'll point at you. So anyway, the meeting happens and he says, what are we going to do about Dumanok? And then um, everybody looks at each other. Everybody's uncomfortable because group areas and apartheid, and he actually shouldn't be here. And then um, Mazels looks at George Bezos, and says, advocate Bezos, and he says, well, he can share my rooms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story he tells. But what yeah. he also tells, the story that he told was that um, he had a huge influence on him. Mm. Because now he's sharing his rooms. And every evening now, he can't go home because group areas again. He can't get on a bus to go back to Soweto. And he ends up sleeping in the, in the rooms. And then George Bezos himself now starts to sleep with him there as well. <laughs> yeah. So he says late into the night, they'd have their dinner, they chat and discuss. And he said he had such a huge impact on him yeah. in terms of him deciding to become a human rights activist and, and, and advocate. Yes, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, he said that was the huge influence that he got from him. He said the way he cared about the plight of the people and many cases that he actually took, he wasn't even paid for. Because people could not afford mm. to do to pay him, but he took the cases, and he would fight for the people.
0: Yeah, mm.
2: and that's what um, Uncle George Bezos says. For him, this was a remarkable human being. And as my sister said, every time he saw us, he would cry. He said, "What a remarkable father person your father was."
0: Did he used to visit Mister Nokwe? After Mr. Noko had gone to exile, so that Mr. Piso's—that's
2: the story he also tells. Yeah. He says now he came to Lusaka. You see, when the talks about talks started, unfortunately, our late, father was late mm. by then. Yes, that was in the late nineteen eighties, mm. yeah, and so, going to the early nineteen nineties, correct? Mm. And yeah. he says he came to Lusaka, and again when he tells the story, he breaks down. He says to find that Duma Noko, you know, had passed on was very sad for me. But he came to our home in Lilanda, where we were staying, to meet to come and be with our mother,
0: yes, thank and you. to
2: see her. And in fact, when we came back to South mm-hmm. Africa, he was one of the people that was very uh, uh, eager to meet with our mother, 1992. And he came to Cape Town and he met with her, and he said to her, "From now on, Tiny, don't worry. I will look after you and the children, because." when our father he tells the story Mm -hmm. george bezos when our father was leaving into exile remember my sister said people just used to disappear when they go but he came to the his majesty's building and he called him into one of those rooms there and he said to him george i have to leave yes uncle george tells that story i have to leave and he says do me a favor look after tiny and the children and that was it he said he never saw him again but that is why when he came, when we came back to South Africa, he came to South Africa, to Cape Town. And he said, I will look after you and the children. I promised Duma. A
0: good man, George Bezos yeah, was. I, yeah. I had
2: an honor of meeting him yes. a, few, a few times. Yes. yes. Yeah. And before he passed, mm. he kept saying to us, I need to see all of Duma's grandchildren. Because Duma never saw his grandchildren.
0: How many does he have, by the way? Hmm. How Many are they? Uh,
2: they're 11. 11, yeah. Uh? So he said, the Whole uh, soccer team, <laughs> yeah. Yes, so that's 11 that are, let's say, um, genetically his grandchildren, but there are more who are not genetically, his of, in of, other of words, course. because we have so many. Um, Next our families, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So he said, he said, I need to see all of Duma's grandchildren, and he kept insisting. And then we had a lunch a year before he passed away. Mm. And we organized this lunch at our home. All his children came, all of us with our children, plus the extended family. And we had this wonderful, wonderful lunch. And he spoke to each and every one. Who are you? What do you do? What do you want to be? Do you know know my story with your grandfather? Mm. He said. And he spoke to each child. And then he said, when he was leaving, he said, I'm happy now. I will tell Duma I met all his grandchildren. Ah,
0: God bless yeah. mm. <laughs> Mr. Bezos. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. Mm. What else, Mama? Ah, what else? These these men were great. I mean, they they laid the foundation for us. And we are what we are today because of them. And also the emphasis always has been education, education, education. And I would just recount the story of I studied in Germany. I'm a medical doctor. And my other sister, Uzana, is a physiotherapist. I was 17, she was 15. And then when we were leaving that day, Utata just... Daddy was not somebody who'd scold you, or, you know, or, you know... If, but he gives you that look if you've done something I miss. Stern look. Yes, stern look. And, um... What's his name? When we were leaving, then he says, don't bring me walking certificates.
0: (laughs) What's that now?
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now, this is a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old. We were puzzled Mm. up until I got to Germany. And, of course, in Germany, you have to do the language, you know, because we had to do it in in, in German. So at the language school, there were these friends from Eritrea, Everybody's there. Then there was this Mohammed Idris, and then... Mohammed and I, you know, got on well, you know, we could intellectually engage and don't Ha! Huh. The following morning, I said, Mohammed, whatever we started yesterday, finish the <laughs> class, don't want in. No, 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 no. Why? No, no, no. I said, I don't want babies.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> it just hit me home, you know. Now so, I see. Yes, yeah. yes. Because you see, parents are wonderful people that give you guidance. They don't have to beat you up or anything. You just have to say a few short words and you remember, you know. Yes. So that way I just remember that message.
0: Mama, Elia, you told me about uh,
1: what uh, Mr.
0: Chisano, mm. who's the former president of Mozambique, yes. once what you once said about your father, yes. Mr. Tumanogwa. Yes.
2: So um, I was in uh, Mozambique. I'd gone to work there. And he was—he came to our stand where we were doing an exhibition. Then my, our mother was there. She was sitting next to me at the stand. And when he saw her, he said, Hmm, tiny,
1: tiny Nokwe.
2: And then they were so happy to see each other. And then um, he told his delegation, he said, Do you know who this is? This is tiny Nokwe. She's the widow of Duma Nokwe. Duma Nokwe, he gives them the story, the secretary general of the ANC and so on. And he says, what a man. He said, that gentleman was instrumental in our liberation movement. He used to advise us and he used to write our speeches for us. Because we Portuguese speaking. We have to go to the UN, we have to go internationally. But every time we went to him, comrade Duma, can you help us? And he says, sit down. What is the issue? And he wrote all our speeches and he said what fantastic english that he used to write and also he said he was such a worker he could work overnight and he used to always advise us in terms of our diplomatic strategy and that is how he contributed to the liberation of this country mozambique that's what he said
0: uh, Mr. Chisano, was the president. He was the president at, at, the time. at, at that time. He was the president.
2: He was the president at that time. Okay. And okay. in fact, when Mozambique uh, got freedom, uh, our father was invited to Mozambique, and he went for those uh, uh, independence celebrations. And used to go very frequently, obviously after that, because Mozambique worked very filimo and the ANC. They worked hand in hand. And Marcelino Dos Santos, the late, also. Very, very uh, uh, complimentary about the role that Dumanoko played in terms of the solidarity between the African National Congress and Free Limo in terms of the fight for liberation. Because all these liberation movements, they worked together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Even the MPLA, Free Limo, SWAPO, mm-hmm. Zapu, they were working together mm-hmm. in terms of the uh, liberation uh, struggle.
0: Okay, thank you very much. <laughs>